0: Get a friend, get informed, and get involved.
1: It's We Are Not Cattle Radio.
0: It's enough to make you go crazy. Oh, it's to make you mad. Good evening and welcome to We Are Not Cattle Radio. I might be live on JRevRadio.com, but we don't know. Because as you My cluster you-know-what of a show always has technical difficulties, and it's absolutely amazing that I never have any issues other than when I get on the air with you great people. So thank you everybody for tuning in to the show. It is the third day of July 2014. I'll be live here for the next hour. I have with me on the air as um, we approach a great endeavor together, Josh Wiley of the Journalistic Revolution – Say hi, Josh.
2: Hi, Josh. How's it going, Jake? Thanks so much for having me on. And because it is, as you said, a, a momentous day for uh, the history of alternative media, or so I'd like to think. Well, <laughs> maybe that's maybe that's a bit of a lofty expectation, but, you know, shoot for the stars, right?
0: Well, you know, what? shoot for the stars, we might land on the moon. You never know. And also, we'll be joining us here a little bit later on in the show, um, one of our... Um, I guess he's a, a friend of the show, fan of the show. I don't, I don't even know what to call this gentleman. But uh, Ethan will be joining us here a little bit later to talk about um, some of his ideas for liberty and what he's been able to do and and stir a, an idea, which is uh, basically what we're we're not really trying to sell the idea of liberty. I think Josh and I had that conversation once before, but what we are trying to do is at least get people to understand the the difference in Succumbing to authority and actually taking control of your own life and having individual responsibility and individual um, self-respect, I would assume, as Josh just takes the battery out of his cell phone. Fantastic. So, by the way, Josh, the NSA can listen to us via the jrevradio.com just to let you know.
2: Oh, that they absolutely can, and I, I, I wholeheartedly welcome them to tune in at any time. Maybe they'll learn something.
0: Oh God! Let's hope so. So anyway, um, let's first things first. We're gonna get Ethan on here in a, in a minute and uh, have him talk about uh, what he's been doing. And he's offered to um to bring some stuff to the table. And that's what this whole show is all about. For at least a segment or two, will be about um, promoting the idea of liberty and self ownership and individuality. How dare we, you know, two free thinkers promote something that would be so daringly dangerous to the status quo? And it might, involve, it might involve firearms. So if you're a liberal, you might want to change the station right now. I know, I shouldn't take pot shots at liberals. I shouldn't even call them liberals. If you're a li- they, they don't deserve the title.: If you're a little totalitarian authoritarian, then go ahead and and turn, turn away now. If you worship the state and believe that people in shiny badges should protect you at all costs, then go ahead and turn away. You are not going to like this show. But if you somehow, some way that it might be your responsibility for your own protection and your own livelihood and your own well-being, you have found the right show because we are not part of the herd. We are not cattle. And um, Josh, let's – um. before we get too far into the broadcast tonight, we're going to talk about transhumanism. We're going to talk about – oh, man. We might get in a lot of trouble for this. But we're going we're gonna to ruffle some feathers tonight because we want people to understand that um, – this is not about uh, truth per se as a perception. This is about facts, and this is about what um, the – I guess my perception would be, as well as Josh. You and I are very much in agreement on this with the idea of transhumanism, the idea that anarcho-capitalists, you guys might be cozying up to something that could be very, very dangerous, but um, – that being said, you know, like I said, might ruffle some feathers, but it's all in love, guys. We just want you to think because um, if we get caught in this uh, fanfare like you and I were talking about before, Josh, if we get caught in this fanfare of this idea of a anarcho-capitalist society, those are two mutually exclusive terms, and we'll talk about that as well. But first, now that I've set up the show about what we're going to talk about, let's go ahead and announce it, man. The website is up and running, and uh, I'll let Josh take it away because – He's the brainchild behind this. I am just the voice um, in the babbling wilderness, I guess, for for our um, endeavor here, as well as um, some rudimentary. And we just lost J. Rev Radio, and some rudimentary. So um, we are still trying to connect. And sorry, J. Rev, you got the first four minutes of the show, or five minutes, mm-hmm. maybe. Who knows? See my show without some kind of monkey business going on, and um, by the way, everybody in the listening audience, uh, I have noticed the issue of me fading in and out. Josh, you can well document that that never happens between your conversations and I on Skype.
2: I am hearing it right now, actually, for
0: the first time. I was just about to let you know. Uh, oh, so. I wonder what's causing this. Huh? All right, I'll mess with my levels or something like that, and then um, uh, who knows? Who knows what's causing all this stuff? But anyway, Josh, take it away. I'm going to mess with some levels here. You do your thing. Yeah,
2: well uh let's roll right through that because uh we have uh, I guess a new website. Uh, the URL is onestepbeyond.me, onestepbeyond.me. Uh I guess uh this kind of started uh with uh, me and you having uh similar sentiments, I guess at the same time in in as much as we wanted to kind of take our alternative media uh to the to the next level. Uh in terms of, you know, not that showing people that the path of of truth exists is not important, um, but we're to the point now where we would, I guess, feel more comfortable, uh, you know, being trying to at least blaze trails as opposed to you know uh, being tour guides down this path. Uh, so one step beyond .me is kind of the, uh, uh, I, I guess, the the fruits of, of that labor, and we already have uh, one post up. Uh, that is about my experience trying to file Freedom of Information Act with the CIA, a request at least. I've got a number of outstanding FOIA requests with various agencies right now that will eventually manifest into some hardcore research um, based, uh, that, that will be based on one-step-beyond.me. Uh, and I guess, Jake, what would you say is uh, the, the, the point of, of this site in, in your words? What do you what, what do you what do you envision us covering?
0: All right, number one, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Okay, good. I messed with a couple of levels, so I think I might have fixed it. Who knows? Let me know if you, let me know if I start fading in and out. Anyway, um, the way that I would describe it, um, I think you and I got tired of playing um, tired of playing patty cake with people um, from a um, from a level of understanding. I guess would be the best way to describe it. You know, myself, I. I Starting to, and as you guys well know, if you've listened to the show for a while, you you've seen me evolve from just a um, a person basically repeating talking points, libertarian talking points that I thought were very beneficial to society to get you know society back on the right track and moving to moving to a constitutional republic. But now I'm starting to really understand um, the more that I the more that I learn, the less I know. And so that's what this is all about. It's all about uh, the journey of of knowledge and the journey as the search for – we're never going to know the whole truth, but at least we can piece together some of this stuff and put kind of a roadmap together for people. If you want to go down it, you can go down it, and um, just a lot more in-depth than what we've done here at We Are Not Cattle. Even though we get on some great discussions and some great tangents, this will be hard-hitting, very much uh, focused on certain topics, basically – trying to understand um the entire picture but breaking it up into little subsections so if you listen to all of the subsections together you should be able to put together an, an incredible piece to a uh, to a puzzle and once again we're not here to to tell you what to believe and that's what Josh and I had a really great conversation when he was driving up when we were talking about um one of the one of the topics we're in, uh, researching on uh currently and that was um we don't want to tell you what we think. We just want to present you guys with the information, and then tell you what our logical conclusions are, and then see what you guys get from it. If you guys get the same thing, great. If you get something different, great. Share share us, you know, share with us your opinions and and back them up with with your with your work cited and you, with your research, and then and then we can have a an intellectual discussion rather than. Um, I think you and I just got tired of. Um, I I for one got really tired of of memes and, and, and of the Facebook variety where it's, um, you're basically um, emotionally battling with somebody that doesn't really want to know anything. They just want to, um, they just want to have that, that verification that their idea is in is act, actually uh, truth to them.
2: Yeah, and that really, I guess, ties into the topic that we're going to be talking about tonight and a topic that I hope we will have the opportunity to explore on One OneStepBeyond.me, hopefully within the first few podcasts. Uh, And that, you know, because this element of dehumanization that exists within uh, all social media, but is now kind of creeping into the world of activism, uh, is this, again, this systematic loss of humanity with regard to social media and its utilization, right?
0: Absolutely. So with that being said, I'm going to try to bring in our guest here to to basically spread his ideas and what he's come to uh, understand that has been beneficial for him for getting people to think outside the box and then we'll see if he wants to ride shotgun with us for the whole discussion and if he does then great if he if he's got to run then he he can run but um let's uh, let's pull up Mr. Ethan here and I'm going to butcher his last name so Ethan you are being called on Skype so hopefully you will be able to answer our call the beacon has been set up the cattle beacon is set up I I heard a rustling hey uh can you hear me Jake the fade in fade out thing josh or am i good now oh yes all right screw you two trunks dash usb to monitor button You're giving me all kinds of headaches so um joining us uh ethan thanks for um thanks for contacting me first of all let's um uh, briefly describe who you are um what you've been doing to to wake people up to the idea of individual uh, liberty and ownership and um and how, how you've been successful and and kind of what um what we're going to do as a joint effort between what you, what you brought to the table for us and, and how we can help, you know, spread the message of Liberty and, and individual self-ownership.
1: I, sorry. This is my first time on Skype. So I'm kind of inputting from a microphone. I don't have a headset on, so I'm just kind of hearing it from the
0: speakers. Is my audio all right? Yeah, you're great, man. Yeah, go ahead. Fire away.
1: Um, well, basically I just point out the generics to people, you know, a lot of people do realize that alternative energy and stuff that has been around for years has just been suppressed. So I just I point that out to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that is the big point. You know, you can get quote unquote liberals. I don't like to put people in a qualification because I think it, it's worse for us than it does more good for us because you're instantly making friction. Um, So I just, like I said, I keep it simple, man. I like to point out the simple things to people. People who are anti-firearms, I point out to them, you know, are you tired of getting that parking ticket? You know, essentially, you lose a police state the more responsibility people are willing to take for themselves, you know, and uh, it's it's been shown that, uh, you know, the police force will grow because of the, the crime wave, okay, for instance, but yet, does that crime wave
0: really go down as the police force increases? No, it's more or less revenue-generating. Exactly. In, in the of in America, and um, I saw this thing on Facebook today that basically they ran through a laundry list of things that you weren't allowed to do on July 4th. It's like we're going to shut down the basketball courts and we're going to do this, this, and this, and this. And oh, by the way, this entire area will be under video surveillance for the 4th of July. And it's exactly like what you're saying is that the more that we act like cowards, the more we act like people that can't take care of themselves, the more we act like children, the more we get treated like children. And we get, like you said, the ramification of having the state come in and, and offer this idea of protection as a racket in order to protect us from, from other individuals. But we could do you know, just as well on our own, so – but uh, let's get into um, let's get into what you've been doing as far as firearms promotion and, and getting people to to think differently about that because that's a that's a really big struggle that we're going to run into with a lot of individuals and tell us some um, some of your successes that you've had.
1: Well, I mean, I'm sorry, are you talking or am I just having. You
0: know,
1: am I showing right now? Yeah, just a little bit. Uh, let me turn it down no. There you go that better? <clears throat> All right, so basically, as a hobby, um, I've had a couple of knee surgeries and I liked riding motorcycles before I had my knee surgeries. and uh, you know I've always had a hobby, in my opinion, as a way to stay healthy. Um, so after a couple of ACL surgeries, I moved on to working on firearms. I primarily get to work on them more than I get to shoot them, okay. Now, a firearm is a complicated device, and this is what people don't get. When you, when you take them down to the bare frame, to the bare bones, you have all these mechanical devices that have to be perfectly timed, along with just the cartridge, which is a complicated thing on its own. Um, so I like to just point out the generics. If anybody's ever taken chemistry, you know, a chemistry book, for instance, it'll pretty much teach you how to build a bomb if you know how to read it right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's acid and bases, and that 's what I like to point out to people is you know since uh Timothy McBay, for instance, which was a huge you know the guy obviously was fucked up mm-hmm. um, you know since that whole thing blown out blew over you know the the most things that they did to manure is they put an advertisement on there don 't add diesel to it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's it's very simple. If you're a, a disturbed person and you get off by hurting other people, um, it it could be done on all different. Learn, uh, I'm sorry, it could it could be done simplistically. Sure. For instance, in World War One, why why you saw so many chemical weapons being used is because munitions was a complicated thing to make. Still are. Right.
0: Um,
1: you know, chemical warfare is simple. It's chemistry. Right. You know, it's really generic stuff, and that's just what I like to point out to people. I mean, you know, I'm in California. I just actually went and purchased a shotgun today. It's going to take me 10 days to build a shotgun. Mm -hmm. I can go inside of the CVS and buy, you know, acids and bases. I don't want to get into specifics, but it's not really complicated. Um, I'll I'll give you two generic ones, for instance, uh, ammonia and bleach, Mm -hmm. which is chemical compounds to make mustard gas. Chlorine and bleach, you can make chlorine gas. Right. And I mean, it, you know, it, it's where, where people are seeing these tragedies. It's usually from society, again, pushing away from, uh, I'm missing the word right now. I'm sorry. Um, okay. Pushing away from their responsibilities, mm-hmm. you know, it, and there's plenty of instances of people seeing these people that do mass shootings and stuff like that. They They see these guys they see the problems that they have and nobody, nobody talks to them. Right. You know, again, that's, that's pushing responsibilities away. You know, you look at fifties, sixties and seventies, everybody would know each other. Right. You you can walk down the street and say hi and know each other by your name. And it's just, uh, as I, as society becomes, uh, I'm sorry, I'm lost for words again. As society becomes.
0: We're disconnected through the, through the internet, I would assume. Can you hear me?
1: Yeah. Well, as, as society becomes more uh, disconnected would actually be a great word for that. And just refuses to acknowledge the people around them. You know, this is unfortunate. It's a result that you get. Right. You know what I mean? And it, and it really stems from people taking responsibility and doing the right thing, you know, and, and that's pretty much why I have a you. to, um, I don't know if you've officially announced the giveaway yet, but I'm, donating to two front site diamond memberships and i'll go through the list of what that it's firearms training right through the list of what that includes it's uh when it's not on sale it's normally a fifteen thousand dollar membership i'm donating two of those for your first place giveaway i'm also donating two four-day certificates that are good for either a uh, four-day handgun um, rifle or shotgun course for your second place. And then third place, um, donating to a two day pistol rifle or shotgun courses, go to front site. There's no expiration date on it. Um, you do have to pay to go through a background check before you can take these training courses, obviously. And, uh, yeah, it, that's, that's pretty much where I am, man. It's,
0: it's, I'm not
1: gonna try to take over your show, so sorry if I
0: No, oh, no no no. but the the important thing to the important thing to get at here is that that you've you've done this in your own personal life where you've been uh, you've you've gone and talked to people and, and have gotten people to go out and go shooting with you, right? People that have never shot before, right?
1: Yeah, sometimes. Sometimes I'll get people to go out with me. Um, I'm kinda constrained on time due through work and everything and then when I do get time off I actually go up to the front site and do some training, so
0: and it's very important for people to understand that this is um this is something that's very liberating especially for for anybody that's never shot a firearm before um my wife's never shot a firearm until she met me and then she did it uh the first time we have this I have this little 9mm and it snapped her wrist pretty good and so she didn't she didn't like it too much so we got a 22 and then she she tried that and hit um and hit bullseye her first shot with a 22 pistol and and then she was just hooked. She was like, oh, my gosh, that was really cool. She's like, that wasn't scary. She's like, it didn't hurt, and it was, now I just want to get better. And I think that people really do um, – I, I, I think that once, once again, this is just back to the societal norms, I guess, or the societal means that get pushed out on us is that you know, the, since guns make a big, loud bang, that they're, they're very dangerous and they're very deadly. You have to be pretty fairly accurate with a firearm, especially a pistol, to do a lot of damage to somebody if you're at a distance. And it's it's not something that it's you know you can just like like you see on the movies or something where somebody holds holds a gun sideways or Jack Bauer shoots somebody in the head from from 55 yards with a with a nine millimeter that stuff just doesn't happen. But um, you know getting people involved that have never done it before that's where it's at. And and once they see that that it's not scary and that it's not going to like shoot back at them and, and shoot them in the face because that's always like the big fear I guess for people that that have never shot before is they're like. Well, is it going to shoot me? I'm like, only if you turn that thing around and pull the trigger is it really going to shoot at you. Like there's no way that you're going to have a backfire that's going to shoot the bullet out the back of the gun and kill you. Not happening. So, But to continue, man, then just talk a little bit about the trading, what people can expect from it. And then um, once, oh. we, once we get the, um, the show up and running on um, a couple of other stations, so give it a couple of weeks. I'll, I'll announce the um, – the prize giveaway, and we'll do a we'll do a big call-in show and stuff like that. And we'll have you on for it, man. It'll be great. Well, it's it's absolutely no rush. Like
1: I said, it's a donate it's a donation. to You, I'm not trying to control your show in any format. So it's just a, a formal giving, you know, to you, and you can decide what you want to do with it. Um, the uh, like you mentioned, you said the nine millimeter hurts your hand. There is a correct stance to use when you're operating a firearm, and that's one of the things that they go through. Um, your girlfriend would probably have no problem shooting a uh, forty-four Magnum after she went to that class.
0: Um, yeah, go ahead, man. And
1: uh, it, it, it's funny that you say you know your wife was a little timid because if you take a like a male out compared to a female out to go shoot, nine times out of ten that female will actually be a better shot more than the male. And that that has and and this is the big thing about firearms. All right, it's it's an equalizer. Your your muscle tone. Um, the amount of muscle you have on your body has nothing to do with the firearm. It, it's more or less a consistent, consistency thing. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, and right stance and being, being set in your ways and just kind of training your muscle memory to be like that. Um, the first class that I went out to was just a uh, four-day pistol class, and I'd like to talk to you about that just a little bit.
0: Sure, go ahead. Because
1: I went out by myself And they they have a buddy system, and uh, they buddied me up with, I'd say, about a 55-year-old lady um, who's been there before, and I was able to work with her. And you just have a large, diverse amount of people. Um, Obviously, the first pistol class that you would do is a beginner course. Mm -hmm. I would recommend that you would go out and fire a firearm before you did the pistol course, just simply because they train you to come out of a holster, and you really want to fine-tune your muscle memory to be off of the trigger until your target picture is sight, Because that's the biggest mistake that people make. Um, they make guns to fit in your hand. When somebody initially picks it up, their finger automatically goes into the trigger. It's a big one. So, you know, that that's the big thing is just being uh, all right with your safety. Um, and then also... They do offer more advanced courses, too, obviously. You have to go through their, their shooting process, which, ironically, to get into the uh, – I just thought this was funny. To get into the more advanced courses, um, you know, compared to, like, a CCW permit, mm-hmm. you have to actually be able to shoot your gun. <laughs> so the malfunctions, that's a big thing that they go through is malfunction drills properly, knowing how to unload and uh, load your firearms, um, you know, and the big thing is safety, then. And then, you know, they kind of just start through the safety for the first couple of days, and then the next two days they pick it up and tend to do a lot more shooting.
0: Well, I mean, obviously safety first, especially when you're talking about something, like you said, is the great equalizer, and I think that that's why, um, that's why I push the gun culture on, and I, I hate to use that term, the gun culture, because it used to be, I guess it's a tool of... Um, it's a tool of liberation or a tool of freedom if you're from any other country. But here, as of late over the last 20 years, we've we've taken on this stigma that an inanimate object can do damage. Even with the the verbiage that they use, like gun violence. I mean, it doesn't. A gun by itself can't create violence. It's a it's a violent criminal. It's not you know an it's not an inanimate object going out, you know, sneaking out of your out of your gun safe at night and going out and committing a robbery. That's 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 a it's a fallacy. But you know, we do run into this idea that um that in order to keep more of us safe that we need to have either more police like you said, like what what you were talking about before, more police on the street and and it just turns into what we have today. And I think that it's very interesting to see Americans both the, from the right and the left, if you want to, you know, side everybody. Uh like you you made a great point to uh, to not put people in boxes. The only people I put in boxes are the people that try to put me into a box. So Typically the, um, the, um, the climate kids and the liberals typically fall under that category, but I don't want to shame those guys because we're all in this together. And what you're seeing is that you know every side of the coin comes to the table and says, hey, this is getting a little out of hand. Uh, there was a second time um, even yesterday – I think it was uh, released yesterday that a, um, a, uh, a kid from Virginia called or his parents called because he was threatening to commit suicide, and the cops showed up and killed him. That actually happened to a friend of mine's son here in Georgia, and it wasn't even a big news story. And the sniper, they interviewed the sniper, and the sniper's like, well, I was told to eliminate the target, so I eliminated the target. Dude, you're not in freaking Fallujah. You're in damn Smyrna, Georgia. This is not a target that you're eliminating. It's a kid that's scared. He just, you know, he wanted some attention, and, and then you, you capped him. Great job. Go, see yeah.
1: I'm
0: sorry. It, it,
1: it's real unfortunate um... And uh, it, it's it's a sad thing that happens, unfortunately. And that's when you're trained to be aggressive and go towards a situation. The uh, benefit, uh, I'm sorry, the benefit of uh, the training institute that I'm talking about, you know, they're, they're primarily teaching you to defend yourself and your family and your loved ones. Um, for instance, I work with a guy and his wife would go spend the night at somebody's house when he had to work nights because she was afraid to be there. And this is a, you know, there's no... Not not that much crime in the city. Sure. To me, it was just ridiculous. I mean, you know, part part um, <clears throat> like I said. Partly, if you want to take this country back, it's it's through responsibility and responsibility of yourself. I mean, uh, obviously, there's certain situations where you go towards a situation, and then there's situations where you wouldn't. You know, um, uh, you know that are best left for police to deal with. Uh, for instance, the guy drinking too much, beating his wife. You know, um, they both put themselves but that's in that situation at that point.
0: Right, right. It's a it's a very good point. And anything else? Uh, anything else, man? Before we um, before we cut you loose here, and, and do you want to do you want to join us for the conversation about the technocracy? Yeah, yeah. And you know, what? I can talk about
1: other things too. I, like I said, this is just my first time on Skype, so it's just gonna a little weird
0: for me. That's fair, man. <laughs> See me the first um, God the first Euro's on radio. I was totally you know was totally out of my element. I'm still out of my element. I'm still a fish out of water in this stuff, but it gets it gets better over time, man. So if you want to if you want to stay with us, you're more than welcome to, man. But uh, we do appreciate the gifts and and uh, and I'm sure that the uh, the listeners once we run the um once we run the contest will uh, Josh we're gonna have to think of like we're gonna have to think of some questions to ask the call in listeners because you are not only gonna have to be a a a self proclaimed liberal in the classical sense but you 're going to have to prove to us that you deserve to be an independent individual that needs these firearms training so I think that we can come up with some great questions nothing too technical josh we can 't go too deep we can 't go in you can 't go too deep but we'll we 'll give them some good old uh, good old fashioned i guess um, liberal liberal questions for them so that they can uh, espouse their knowledge to us and even if you don't win people it's uh, everybody wins when uh, when people are armed everybody wins when the <laughs> citizens are armed
1: and you, you gotta uh, keep in mind too that you can also turn around and take what knowledge you've gained and go ahead and teach somebody else that knowledge it, it doesn't stop at a training institute um also i'd like to point out the fact too that going to these classes um i've shot with everybody from pd you know they go to the classes that to build up their skills right so all their training that they're offering is surpa- uh, surpassing military and uh military and police academies and i'd like to point out also another fact too that a lot of these guys that have changed like weapon manipulation over like the last 5 or 10 years um some of them, the majority of them are ex-military and ex-police officers. Uh, I'll agree to that. But the only reason they're able to fine-tune it is because they're able to own firearms in their private lives. Right. Go out with, you know, oh, you, you can't you can't have more than 100 bullets per time. You know, this is the stuff that they're going to start regulating is the ammunition. Totally. They're, they're going to say that well oh, well, the ammunition doesn't fall under the Second Amendment, and uh, they're there has been some court cases that will go against that, but we we can move on to something else. I just wanted to point that out. That no, the,
0: very very good point. And you know, kind of putting bookends on that, that um, that's kind of what we you know, uh, there were there were a lot of people in the in the libertarian movement. Myself included that – I don't even want to call it a libertarian movement. I don't even know what I call myself anymore. Uh, Somebody that just wants to be um, a free and and loving individual that loves my fellow human beings and then wants them to be free. That's all I I guess I could ever ask for. And um, what I saw when when the Department of Homeland Security went on their big ammo-buying spree, of course you had people that were the duck and cover people that said that, hey, this is to come out and hunt us down, and and that what I looked at it as – from a marketing standpoint, was, uh, yeah, I fell into that fervor for a little bit, and I was like, wow, this is kind of disconcerting. But then when you start thinking about it pragmatically, it's like, wait a minute, why are they buying all these ammo? Well, if you wanted to, if you can't really restrict the Second Amendment, what's the next best thing to do? Restrict the amount of bullets that people can have. And that's a, that you know kind of tailors right to your point, what you were saying, is that if they can take all these guys out of production, which they actually have uh, eliminated a lot of the people to that actually produce munitions here in America. They've limited them down. They've put you know constraints on them, and actually they put constraints on them by filling large purchase orders for their own coffers. So it's not like they're they're keeping it off the streets, but they're just saying, hey, we'll instead of you making a bunch of 22 ammo, which is impossible to find here in Georgia, instead of making 22 ammo, why don't you make some 223 ammo and we'll buy it for Homeland Security? And they're like, well. I mean, that's not a very different caliber, absolutely, and we'll make more money on it, and we'll just go with that.
1: Well, can I point out the scary thing about that huge purchase of ammo?
0: Oh, uh, there's plenty of scary things to point out, but go ahead.
1: <laughs> well, all right, one of the big things is is they can't use hollow points um, in war, all right? It's against the Geneva Convention. The round is designed for killing and, and severely maiming um, and that's pretty much all they've purchased is hollow points, so you can only use those against quote unquote domestic terrorists or terrorists or people who don't follow uh, fall under the uh, Geneva Convention.
0: That's very true because that's a wartime. But you know what? We still use um we still use uh, weapons or what chemical weapons and those are in the Geneva Convention. D U D U ammunitions were in the Geneva Convention. So
1: my favorite is the white phosphorus, and they
0: and they use it as a, a smoke screen. Oh sure, yeah. Total smoke screen. All right, so if, <laughs> speaking of smoke screens, let's get into the transhumanism. All right, so um, anyway, this is a, this is going to be an interesting discussion. And um, uh, Josh, let's first talk about um, the idea of anarcho-capitalism. In and of itself, is um, is very interesting. And what you and I talked about last night was very interesting as well. In that both of you, it, it seems like that you and I are on some kind of uh, I don't know, hive mind um orientation sometimes where you come to the same conclusion that I come to and it's it's very much um almost symbiotic or um simultaneous where synchronistic. There we go. That was the verb I was looking for. But we both talked about the idea that you and I used to believe that the constitutionalists were the people that were just kind of set in their ways, and they were, you know, oh, they just need to they just need to go to full anarchy, and then they'll then they'll really get it, and then they'll understand what it's like to be truly free. But then you find out that some anarcho-capitalists will find themselves in this other pocket that's kind of like a trap as well. Let's um, let's expand on that idea that um, that just any kind of base. Um, uh, ideology of what's going to fix the problem is kind of a problem in and of itself
2: well i mean i just like to start off this conversation i guess by prefacing it with you know the sentiment that i am at heart an anarchist you know i i don't believe in in the fallacy of authority and in, in the traditional sense uh that being said i think we might even want to tap our brakes a bit and define transhumanism because there are people out there, I guess, who aren't familiar with the concept or don't necessarily know exactly where it comes from. Mm. Um, So, Jake, I guess, what would your operating definition for transhumanism be uh, going forward for this discussion?
0: My operating definition of transhumanism would be the the post-singularity world, I guess, is the idea that the humans can merge with the machines to create a a more evolved um species that would be um almost godlike to a point that you would um uh, if you've ever seen um i don't know there's a couple of different um a couple of different movies that I could kind of draw from um uh what is it uh, the one with Matt Matt Damon the one with Matt Damon that he came out with not too long ago uh, Elysium Elysium it's very very similar to something like that where it's a it's a um it's a, it's a hybrid between a man and a machine, but the, uh, the idea is that you can engineer through whether it's um, geoengineering, whether it's um, you know climate engineering, or whether it's actual human manipulation engineering, whether it's through mind control or through an actual device that you implant in yourself. Uh, it's engineering uh, human beings creating an environment that would make them uh, better and more sustainable.
2: Yeah, and I would just add to that that the term transhumanism was coined by none other than Julian Huxley, uh, you know, and, and it's important to realize that transhumanism is, in a sense, along with things like molecular biology, a direct evolution of the older eugenics movement that, you know, became it became very unpopular to use that term after the advent and fall of Nazi Germany, sure. uh, so that they kind of changed the uh, change up the the grammar a little bit to try and trick people, and instead start selling it to them as this this post human ideal. And I think the word post human is interesting in and of itself because it implies that there will be no more humans as we know them now, right? It's uh, so so we're talking about people who typically uh, would either have the power of gods or think themselves to be gods, uh, that, that believe that they can alter the course of, of human evolution to the point where we will not exist uh, as we currently do, again, being kind of blended with machines. Uh, and, you know, the highest ideal to some of these people is, uh, is this world where it's quite, quite literally a Matrix-esque environment where um, human beings will be augmented through... Uh, artificial intelligence and chips and um and we will supposedly become more intelligent by being tapped into uh to things like the internet and all other human minds all the time uh simultaneously
0: yeah um ethan what are your what are your thoughts on um transhumanism have you ever heard of this movement? do you do you kind of see it manifesting in the media what are your thoughts
1: well i mean it I understand the generics of, of what you're saying, but it—I it, guess it would depend on the application. I mean, me personally, getting hurt and and learning stuff is part of being a human. Um, it's part of being free. If I was just a pre-programmed unit like a computer, I guess I wouldn't really be a person.
0: That's that's a very good point. But and and in in essence, that's. That really does tie into the the idea and the psychology of these people that that did study transhumanism in the early in the early stages, Josh. They believed that we were blank slates, and they believed that we were stimulus response organisms that they could program via um, B. F. Skinner and 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 all of these other psychologists. You know, basically on Freudian psychology, and then building on it with Skinner and these other ideas that. That they can actually control through the emotions and the stimuli, which they can to a great effect, and don't don 't get me wrong, they can to a great effect, even today it 's actually very prominent but um, but what they found is that um, that there is some kind of innate force that keeps humans a, a little bit skeptical, and that 's where I guess that you and I came into this discussion talking about the the true ideas and and the dangerousness. Of, um, of anarcho-capitalists, if you're thinking about it just from a purely pragmatic standpoint of letting, letting the free market decide and letting it kind of run wild and then letting choice and evolution take place, as we well know, Josh, these, these people have done this for a long, long time, and they understand how to do product placement as well as, um, as, well as steer the idea of the society into something that they would like for it to be eventually.
2: Yeah, well, it's kind of this ideal of uh, social Darwinism, and it's being, you know, uh, uh, kind of manifests itself in anarcho-capitalism in terms of the god of the market, right? Uh, and I feel like there's there's a, I, I don't know...
0: Let's back up really quick, because that's very, it's very important in the discussion we had last night, and I think we need to reiterate it. Um, what is that that creates this, um, I guess, creates this... Feeling in human beings that there has to be something over them Or there has to be something that that, um, that is in control Like when you said the god of the market Now some people have the religious god Some people have the god of the market Some people have all these other ideas What do you think it is in, in human psychology That that wants us to Or that, that they have this longing to succumb to an authority Because that's what Bernays talks about in Propaganda He talks about how you know, if, if people would just let us – let the select few just kind of run things, then they would actually be better off. They well, would I,
2: love it. No, that's, that's, a, that's a good point, point. because that's in the, the opening pages, pages of propaganda, Edward Bernays says very, very clearly, very clearly that he would – just hammers you. Yeah, well, yeah, well he, he said, I wish we could have a dictatorship, a dictatorship um, um, but that's not the path that, that this country has chosen – so, so we're, we're going to have to have, have this, this modified kind of dictatorship, dictatorship where, where we use trickery as opposed to over control. Sure. And, and if we, we look, look at, at the, the transhumanism movement very, uh, very much in the same light, uh, and in the same vein as Bernays' words, there are a lot of wonderful promises that it delivers upon you, right? Uh, like things that, things that used to seem like science fiction, uh, things like Iron Man suits that are actually being developed by the Defense Department right now. Right. Uh, you know, the ability to cure uh, quadriplegics with, with brain implants. I mean, these are wonderful technologies and wonderful ideas, but it, we have to realize that the people who are delivering these ideas to us uh, are doing so with a much different goal in mind. Uh, And when the promise of transhumanism is sold to people, you might not necessarily be one of the chosen few who uh, who gets the quote unquote good chip versus the bad chip Um, futurists like Michio Kaku, uh, who I think we're going to talk about uh, in a in a later episode of One Step Beyond, uh, you know, kind of posit this future where, uh, you know, Moore's law has gone to this point where microchips are just so cheap to produce. So we can put GPS. And in everything, and we can put you know large amounts of flash data in your serial box and uh, and and it'll be this wonderful world of technology where everything is completely integrated and it's all stored in the cloud and it all interacts uh, with one another instantaneously. And I would just posit that that is we we already see in a rudimentary phase what things like social media and Facebook and you know cell phones in your pocket do to people psychologically, uh, Facebook actually ran an experiment back in 2012 was, um, without telling. I was about to break that up. Yeah, without without telling their listeners uh, or their viewers and and users that uh, they were being experimented on, and they essentially just showed only positive news feed uh, updates to some people and negative ones to others, and found that there was a discernible, you know, um, and measurable difference in the things that people were posting and their posting habits and the way that they felt based solely on their interface with with Facebook. So this is a very rudimentary aspect of transhumanism. So imagine the control that the people delivering these products to you in the future would have if it wasn't just an account that you looked at on a screen, it was something that was directly implanted in your head.
0: Or you could wear it on your wrist. Or
2: your wrist, which is, uh, as you sent me, what was that product called? Uh, Standby. The Myo.
0: M-Y-O. Yeah. Wear that one, everyone. But um, and, and it's not that we poo-poo technology because I mean Josh is um, Josh is into um, mining and 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 creating computers and obviously you you've told me about some of your rudimentary programming and things that you've done back in the back in the day and and I myself I, I sell I sell technology for a living so it's not that it's not that we're going to come out here and bash everybody and say hey you know this is not the way to go and the, the cloud's dangerous it's just that. We need to be leery because of, the, because of the way that human beings accept things so readily now, and I don't know if it's just the, the, the speed that information comes out. It's, it's the instantaneousness that we get. It's like, hey, that looks cool. I want it. You know, And it, and it's the idea that we can get all this stuff now and everything will come come through now, and we're just trying to get you guys to put the brakes on it and say, hey, wait, wait, wait. Let's really think about what, what this is going to do to society, and do you really want a society that will do this? Because a lot of people won't be able to adapt to it. Let's just go ahead and and, and just break that out there. And There will be some people that won't be able to adapt, and what happens to them? Do they get pushed into – a subculture do they get what happens to that portion of society uh ethan you look like you wanted to say something go ahead
1: man well i, I people are so willing to give control to other people and all it is is for the most part it's a false sense of security and that's why people are so willing to do that um you know if they're being sold it you know via with the billboard advertisement um you know oh yeah you can make a you know, quadriplegic walk you know, and none of the shady stuff going on in the background is ever going to be brought to light till later date. That's what people don't understand.
0: You made a very good point, and um, and you know, like you were telling me before when we first talked, you said that um, you are the master of keep it simple, stupid. And you really did hit on it that people have this um, this idea that they will just succumb to authority and let somebody else do it. … and let something else take over and take the, take the control. Look at the way that cars are being pushed now with all these new safety features that will actually let the car drive for you or let the car park for you. And Josh and I know where this is going. It's going to cars that drive themselves that you don't have. And it, it, as cheesy as the damn movie is… Go watch Judge Dredd from like the 1990s with Sylvester Stallone and tell me that you don't vomit on yourself when you start watching that and see how the society now – or in in, in about five years will reflect an idea of what that society is. It's very, very creepy, and I think that that was more of a revelation of the method rather than – or predictive programming, however you want to put it, and – I think that was a great that was a great idea, man. It's just the understanding that human nature will people want to be secure, they want to be safe and if they can if they can get the microchip and feel safe that, that you know, that we'll know if you don't have a chip then, then you're not accepted into this certain little you know, you can't go to the mall, you can't go shopping, you can't do this like that would make me feel safe if people that I, I knew and if I walked into a store if I had the chip that um i was recognized and and that uh i would i could move around freely and i think that that's where they kind of go and lie with these beasts of burden that they can just oh well that'll make everybody safe because everybody will know everything well well
1: don't you think at that point you know maybe the first couple of years um initially it would be kind of suppressed and people could you know people with special talents could do something like that but you know, you've got to look at technology. After it's been out for four or five years, everybody will be able to do it. Sure. So if you're programmed with essentially a chip, uh, what you're talking about, within four or five years, people can swap those chips, reprogram them, probably do whatever
2: they want with them.
0: That's a very good point. Josh, you, uh, you look like you wanted to say something else.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say that, you know, it's this aspect that we kind of touched on of this tyranny being sold to people, which I find incredibly disturbing. And maybe this could get back to where we kind of started this, talking about the anarcho-capitalist movement, or at least some aspect of it falling into this trap or even being guided into it by people like Doug, Doug Casey, who are transhumanists. Uh, you know, for years people heard about you know being RFID tagged and GPS tagged and and being chipped at birth and things like this. Uh, when you realize that most Americans are already chipped uh, and it's not something that they w- that was forced upon them, they bought it for uh, 129.95 and they've got a 50 gigabyte data plan for it. Exactly your cell phone. And uh, and I see you know the, the evolution of transhumanism uh, proceeding in very much the same way. Uh, the 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 biggest kind of uh, you know piece of opposition to that is uh, you know if if it's if it's this kind of device that's in your hand, you know there are wonderful things that you can do with it. You can jailbreak it and uh, and and you know kind of modify the operating system in ways to to kind of diminish. The things that are happening to you, but or the things that are are being imposed upon you, like like data mining and tracking and and so on and so forth. But if it's in your skull, uh, then that that poses a number of different problems. And uh, are we going to have? I mean, I know this sounds like this this kind of crazy world, but we we can see it from where we stand. And uh, you know, the, there are just there are all kinds of ethical and personal problems with that. But the the big thing that I I find disturbing is when people like, uh, I guess, a Stefan Molyneux or even an Adam Kokesh will hold up an iPhone and say that it's this peak tool of human liberation because now everyone has these devices in their pocket and they can find objective truth wherever they are, wherever they go. It, It makes your life so much better. When you realize that There's a small fraction of humanity that uses cell phones, you know, to consume alternative media and and to to read these kind of books and listen to podcasts. Most people just distract themselves into oblivion with these devices and slowly lose aspects of their humanity being connected to things like Facebook at all times. And
1: And their surroundings, too. I mean, you know, people are so impersonal these days. Um, I personally, I I hate getting to know somebody text messaging them. I think it's one of the most and personal things somebody can do. There's
0: there's no context of emotion with a text message. It's kind of like an email. There is no context of emotion. There's no voice inflection. There's nothing. It's just dry data, and you can interpret it a couple of different ways. Now, the one thing that I was going to say, Josh, that um, you have my wheels turning, it reminds me, and, and people, I know that um, you guys listen to the show Please do yourself a favor and watch The Wire if you, can get, if you can get around to doing it. Josh pounded on me for about six months for me to do that. By the way, I ordered my Bulletproof coffee this morning and my MCT oil, so I will be trying that as well.
2: So, some people consider biohacking a form of transhumanism. We'll do
0: for that we got nine minutes. But what I'm thinking about is that um, when you were kind of setting this up as the as the as the false um, the false paradigm where people kinda opt into the system and say, This is great. It reminds me of that episode of the wire where the where the captain of the police squad says that, no, no, no. Let's set up this Amsterdam, you know, safe haven down here at these un, you know, these uninhabited apartments send all the drug people down there. The drug guys will go down there and sell. The guys will go down there and buy the drugs. And then we'll just keep cops on the corner to keep people safe. And then once they get comfy and cozy, we snatch them all up. And that's kind of what I'm seeing now in this transhumanism movement is that everybody gets comfy cozy with this and then you know and hey and now look now Samsung's got a watch that you can wear to read your text messages and make phone calls from and what's next Josh now, hey now we got the armband and ah dude it's.
2: It's It's such an an important parallel, though, too, because when Bunny Coleman does that in season three of The Wire, you know, he is a he's a guy with true moral character and fiber within the the Baltimore Police Department in a sea of vipers. Right. Right. And he comes out and he, he he lies to his superiors to just so he can try this experiment. And, of course, in it, it inevitably ends in exactly the thing that he...
0: Yeah, no, I haven't
2: finished it. Uh, I'm sorry. Spoiler it. alert. It ends exactly as he kind of uh, did not want it to end. It becomes this huge trap, right? Right. Um, but it, it, it's, it is. It's, it's this kind of, uh, you know, this this methodology of boiling a frog in a pot of water. You know, you throw it into a hot pot and it'll jump out immediately. But if you raise the temperature slowly, then the frogs will boil to death without even noticing.
0: So, um we got about eight minutes left here. I, I do want to kind of wrap up the, the show a little bit. This has been an interesting discussion. Um Ethan, what are your what are your
1: I'm sorry, Jake, you faded out. Can you ask me that question
0: again? What what are your takeaways from, from what we've kinda of had a, a brief discussion about tonight about transhumanism? What would you say would be um Obviously, technology is a double-edged sword, but what would you say would be the big takeaways for people to, to understand what we're talking about and, and the, the message that we're trying to deliver here?
1: Well, I, as far as the transhumanism goes, um, I really don't know too much about it. I mean, obviously, technology continues to expand, you know, yada, yada, yada. Um, if you're a robot, you're not really a person. There you go. And, and it sounds funny coming from a guy who's monotone. <laughs> but you know what i mean um
0: that's it. once again you are you're um you're a wordsmith man that's very <laughs> yeah. man. that was very poignant and very sharp now um thank you so much dude thank you again for the for the gifts and everything so that we can we can give people the idea of liberation and, and liberty through through firearms training and get them to be more you know self-sufficient maybe a little bit more self-confident with um with their uh, proficiency with firearms. So this should, be a, this should be a lot of fun.
1: In my opinion, it's absolutely ridiculous if we live in a quote-unquote free country for a person to be a victim inside of their own house.
0: Amen. Yeah. Amen. And that,
1: and that it, it, doesn't, it doesn't go to men. It doesn't go to white men. It goes to people of all races. You know, it, everybody. It, you know, a firearm doesn't care what you are. Um, as long as you're smart enough to buy a good one, when it comes to defending yourself, you can do so, and that's what it's about: is defending yourself, not going out and causing problems and pushing people around, but strictly defending you and the people around you. Um, and that's not even touching on the whole fun basis of
0: Absolutely. it. Absolutely, it is. It's once again one of my favorite hobbies. I love. One of my favorite things to do is shoot clays in my in my parents' backyard. That is my favorite thing to do by far. But um, Josh, we got five minutes, man. What's um, transhumanism, and then we'll do a whole show on it. So, uh, transhumanism and anarcho-capitalists. If we got some anarcho-capitalists listening, um, what would be your message to them?
2: Uh, I'd just say that you know these tools of human liberation, like the internet, are are you know they're great tools for activists right now, um, but. as as the net effect of these things as part of the panopticon, as part of the surveillance state, is far more damaging than, you know, any kind of effort to get the word out. So I'm not saying that it's right now, but there is going to be a line in the sand that people are going to have to kind of choose. And there's going to be a time when, when hopefully people will start to become uncomfortable with these supposed tools of liberation to the point where it's like, you know, maybe I'm comfortable with having a cell phone in my hand or my pocket that I can hypothetically leave at home, even though most people don't, versus having something on, on your on your face or on your arms and then under your skin, because that's the direction that we're slowly moving towards with things like Google Glass and, uh, and these Android wristwatches. They're just getting you comfortable with the idea of these things being far more close and far more permanent fixtures on yourself. Um, so I guess just just be wary of that because you know the people just like Bunny Coleman in season 3 of The Wire, there may very well be I've heard a lot of people say they're great anarcho capitalists at Google. So they're they're developing this top, this technology and there's going to be a fork where some people do it for freedom and others do it for slavery. And you have to realize that ultimately these groups that are bringing us this technology are in large part owned by these, you know, Anglo-American either corporate or government-based conglomerates. So the the chance of of them you know kind of using these as tools of human liberation as opposed to as opposed to slavery uh, I I don't know if if that can happen as as things stand now
0: uh, I would I would agree and it's um and I think that there just needs to be once again um, kind of piggybacking on what you said just be cognizant people be cognizant of what you're doing be cognizant of when you log into Facebook, understand that what you're doing—you know—understand that you're basically going into a big petri dish. That's why I basically stopped posting to Facebook for the most part. I'll post like, you know, little here and there, you know, posts and stuff like that. But um, as far as being really intertwined in in the social media aspect of life, I've kind of removed myself from it because I don't want them to get a, a bigger profile on me than they already do. Obviously, I'm probably in a, in a subfolder somewhere. Through the NQTel slash CIA slash Google database, as Josh brought up earlier, but um, but that's all we're trying to say, guys, is that you know free market is great if you depending on which um, definition of the free market you're using, and I think that that's once again a, a thing that you you need to clarify with yourself as an anarcho capitalist. What definition of free market do you believe in? Do you believe in this idea that the free market is like Josh said is the new god? Or do you believe that free market is a free exchange between individuals and that that's what's going to control society and not some kind of overwhelming invisible hand, which was written by somebody of, once again, the Anglo-American establishment, as uh, Josh and I talked about the other night? But um, that's it for the show, everybody. we got about two minutes left, so um, I, I, I want to tell people thank you so much for, for um, sharing the show. I've seen my numbers Triple in the last couple of weeks, so keep sharing the show with people you know, people you like. Um, hopefully, we're sharing topics here that um, that you guys find interesting or at least entertaining, and the conversation is a little bit more in depth than um, somebody um, that will be named, uh, that will be left nameless, that just sits in front of a screen and, and yells and screams and talks about the new world order every day, all day, every day. But um, as much as I as much as I love to hear somebody scream and yell about this stuff it's going to take people that uh, that have an education and a will to go out and, and enlighten other people and push them towards a a message that resonates. Sometimes people need to be shaken out of their trance and sometimes people just need to have somebody else uh, put it in a different way. Ethan was a was a great addition to the uh codifying a whole bunch of different data points in my head into about four or five simple words that uh, that everybody can understand. And I think that that's um it's a very key way to communicate, everybody, is to just get out there and, as he said before, human interaction, man. That's what we're all about here. Put your cell phone away. Say hi to the person in line, you know, next to you at the grocery store. Strike up a conversation with them. If you see them pick up a glamour magazine, slap it out of their hand and tell them to wake up. No, I'm just kidding.
1: <laughs> um, also, I'd like to point out, uh, I didn't name all the uh, – the uh, classes that you could take under the uh, diamond membership. So if you go to www.frontsite.com, you can look at the diamond membership Mm -hmm. and uh, it'll tell you all the uh, classes that you're good to take. And that's for a lifetime. You can take classes as many times as you want. And uh, I'd like to also point out right now, I know it wasn't a subject. It was on your last show and your last show, I really would have liked to be on, but you know, you see all these immigrants coming to america now and that is a uh, that's that's basically because the people don't own the government down there and that's a result of people not owning the government down there
0: hold so on, just remember I,
1: that every time don't, somebody we want to give
0: don't listen to the don't to, don't listen to the little girl in the in the in the ear don't listen to her she she's not relevant so um that's it for the show, everybody. Get a friend, get informed, and get involved. If you're listening live, um, we are actually going to go into extra time because I want Ethan to finish his thought because, obviously, um, you living in California, you're a, you're a border state. So let's um, go ahead and finish your thought, man.
1: Well, I mean, you know, the, the great influxuation is obviously for, quote, unquote, better opportunity and better job offers. But the fluctuation is caused by people not owning the government and the government owning them. And telling them what to do because as an end result you know they will take all of your money and you cannot profit you cannot prospect for nothing you know what I mean and that is the result of giving giving control away to others you know so I understand why people don't want to live in a field or I'm sorry I live in a shack and shit in the field yeah. I, I can understand that and to a certain extent there is people coming over here for obviously a greater life. And then if you talk to people that have actually lived in Mexico too, you'll understand that there's a good majority of them coming over here that weren't looking for much when they lived in Mexico to begin with as well. And obviously it, it extends beyond Mexico, um, you know, Asia.
0: Uh, okay. um, I can't. No, central, South America, I mean, Central yeah. America. I mean, the influx over the last couple of months has been, has been incredible. And, um, and and what you're seeing in and Josh you, you know the tactic being used here and it is a um, it's a tactic it, i mean it's it's a political it's a political game that they're playing um uh let's see london uh tony blair did it back in the 1990s and that's why they had the big austerity march over in london because it's the exact same thing that they did over in england they they flooded them with immigrants and then everybody goes on welfare, and then they go for austerity, and then they pass austerity measures, and then everybody gets broke, and everybody gets out and marches in the street, and nobody covers it here in the mainstream media, because uh, it doesn't, you know, you don't need to see people protest, and Everybody loves their government, man. Everybody, they can't carry you. That's what they do. So,
1: And can I also point out one more fact that I haven't seen anywhere else. I think Rand Paul kind of touched on it the other day in uh, one of the speeches, but I find it ironic that the U.S. has sent $500 million, or $500 million worth of arms into Syria, quote-unquote, didn't give it to any of the terrorists. Uh, El Nusra Front was also linked up with uh, ISIS. And even on the mainstream media, you can see on the map of them basically coming out of Syria back into Iraq. And it's funny because we just gave them $500 million worth of weapons, um, heat-seeking missiles, stuff along those lines. Mm-hmm. And then we're sitting here poking at Iran going, oh, well, maybe you should get involved because, uh, you know, your borders are compromised. It, to me, it just kind of seems odd. Like, oh, you know, like, like, hey, we don't have to go to war with them. We can just fund these terrorists and they'll go to war
0: with them for us. Well, that's been the Brzezinski plan. That's been the destabilization effort from the 70s, whether you look at Jimmy Carter's or organization, Reagan. I mean, all the way through, it's just the... Uh, the hits just keep on coming, man. And what's so sad is that the public's so freaking stupid right now that, or they're not even paying attention. They don't know that ISIS is Al Qaeda, which is actually a manufactured name by U.S. intelligence. It has nothing to do with a group or a sect of anything like that. It's just what they called um, dissenters from from a certain region. Go ahead, Josh.
2: Well, I was just going to say, it's just so funny how these things kind of come full circle, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't that the original PNAC plan? It was a three-state solution for Iraq, and uh, it looks and like now they're going to get their three-state solution.
0: Yes, and they were going to do the seven-nation invasion, too. Oh, being informed kind of sucks. Well, way to dampen the show, Ethan. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, you know, the, the
1: transhumanism thing kind of got me. I, I don't really touch on too much of that. Um, if you'd ever like me back for future reference, I'm pretty good about just stuff in general. We
0: didn't mean to catch you off guard, and then we kind of did because we were just kind of three into the pot here. But you did a great job, man. And, um, you know, just having conversations with people that listen to the show and that, that enjoy the conversations that we have. Once again it's not about me it's just it's not Jake it's not cattle it's not Josh it's not cattle it's that that we're all individuals and we can all bring something to the table it doesn't matter you know whether you're an expert in the area or not you know you weren't an expert in the area and you made three solid points that that probably resonated with the entire listening audience that um once again succinctly described what what my babbling and 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 stammering will do over about an hour so it was very much a pleasure having you on and um Josh any any last words as we wrap up the the transhumanism/ISIS and that was a really really good point to bring up man because um you know the geopolitics game that's being played right now in Washington DC is um if if only the american public knew what was going on and not just the uh, the people that want to go uh kick obama out because of um because of uh whatever the yeah. gun running or i mean Good God! You guys should have fired every president for the past 25 years, and you're just you're just now coming to grips with this. 25. Yeah,
1: I, think, <laughs> I think me and you had a slight conversation about the uh, the electronic voting being in the uh, big swing states.
0: Oh yeah, that's what yeah. He he made a really good point about that. He's like, oh, notice how all the swing states have electronic voting records, which are once again I had. The universe is so incredible. I had a chance encounter. I just went to a friend's birthday party, ended up sitting next to this and having beers next to this guy that um, used to work for the company that used to provide the electronic voting machines. And he was he bold. He, yeah, he was the IT guy for them. Well, was,
2: you know what else they do, right? They they make voting machines and they make bank telling software and machines.
0: About so there's a
2: little bit of crossover there.
0: They make voting machine bombs. I'm like, you you got a winner. They might as well, they might as well, but um any any last words, josh or and
2: yeah, wrap just uh please, everyone listening, please go to one step m e follow our work on twitter at uh it's just at one step beyond me uh all one word, um but the, we've got our first posts up there, and it's some recently uh declassified documents from the CIA that weren't previously accessible anywhere on the internet. So uh, I would implore people to go there and at least download them so um, you know they don't kind of fall into the memory hole yet again. Uh, and, and keep an eye out because we are going to start pushing out a lot of great content through that site, and uh, I'd like everyone listening to be a part of it.
0: Once again, I think that um, Josh and I were talking about this last night. The, uh, the We Are Not Cattle show is going to be um, my escape from deep intellectual research. So you guys will hear me... Um, a little bit more, a little bit more lively, a little bit more cutting up. The Sunday show. I have, I have now come to grips with the fact that the Sunday show will be a, um, a news magazine type show, a weekend review, so to speak. But it'll be giving you a different side of the story than what you guys will hear from from mainstream media or quote unquote alternative media. Which I love to use the quotes in alternative because alternative media is not necessarily truth. It's just an alternative to the story that you will hear in the mainstream media so all right that's it for the show everybody thank you so much ethan i don't know how to pronounce your last name man
1: hi uh, it's Maroda all
0: right uh ethan Moroda and josh wiley of um i guess of one step beyond me now can we can we brand can we brand us yet <laughs> let's, let's do, do it. it so um thank you everybody for listening remember get a friend get informed and get involved and um Yeah, peace, love, and liberty, everybody, and individual uh, individual rights and individual self ownership. How dare we? Take care, everyone.
1: Thank you so much, Josh.